because it's like you know how you've read a lot of scriptures and then all of a sudden it begins to jump out at you and you see things that you've never seen before and you can't wait to tell somebody that's the way I'm feeling this morning <laughs> I can't wait to say some of the things that God's shown to me uh, but really it's for your good and for my good it's really if God gives you understanding I pray that today you will make a decision for your own life and for your own family. When I study scriptures, I'm looking for principles that run from all the way through the book. From the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament. And once you get a hold of God's principle, the fear is gone. You don't feel like you have to prove anything to anybody. Because you know. And God, what God has done with me, every time I discover a new principle, when I set out to apply it, I'm a scientist by nature, so I always like to experiment. So when I find out something new, I will experiment on it. And God's never disappointed me. I've never had a situation, especially when I'm going at it for the first time. He's never disappointed me. He's just, it happens just like that. And, and so I want you to learn these principles and begin to practice them. Because it will work. It will work. I remember so many years, God kept telling me about praying for the sick and get them healed. And I kept telling God, I don't understand it. But once I got it, I told my wife, I believe I can open blind eyes, I can open deaf ears, I can make the dumb to speak. By the grace of God, I've seen those things. And I don't feel, you know how people talk about feeling the anointing? Most times I feel absolutely nothing. Because it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with him. And once I un understand the principle, and I act in boldness, God confirms his word. That's why they, in Acts chapter 4, they prayed that God will give them boldness. Boldness. By stretching your hands, they said, to heal in the name of Jesus. But for them, give us boldness. In other words, to step out. Once you step out in faith, he's right there. I always believe this. There's never a split second when you step out to obey God. God will never disappoint you. Never. It's impossible for him to disappoint you when you are operating in, in perfect faith, which comes from him and from his Holy Spirit. That's introduction. Would you stand up right now? <laughs> <laughs> I want us to go to Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4. This is very important. I need everybody to say this from their heart. Believe me, these things that you are saying, they are doing things in your life that you are not even aware of. Because Jesus said you are clean because of the words that I've spoken to you. The disciples didn't realize they were being cleansed. He's, he's actually doing the work. As you speak these words by faith, Something is happening to your spirit and your life is changing even though you are not fully aware of what God's doing. It's so important. Let's say these words together and believe it in our heart. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. 
The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Jesus said, why can't you hear my word? It's because you are not of God. If you are of God, you will hear what I'm saying. So when God himself has opened your ears, because that's what you're declaring now, there is no way you won't hear. And when you hear, you will obey. And when you obey, God blesses you. He tells us in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, he said, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat of the good of the land. But it's impossible to be obedient when you haven't heard. It's impossible. Isaiah, when his ears were opened, Isaiah was a young man, probably a little, probably in his teenage years. He was just growing up. He went through a few kings. He was just growing up and he was in the sanctuary when he heard God speak. Holy, holy, and the God, he heard the words, who will go for us? And he says, Jeremiah, God was, he had been speaking for years before Isaiah heard him. At the time the, his tongue was touched with the coal, that's when his ears got opened. And he could hear God saying the same thing. And God's speaking right now. But no one is listening. No one is able to hear. Because your ears have not been opened. But we just declared God has opened our ear. And God's awakening your spirit. So you're not asleep. You can hear. And then your life can be transformed. Amen. And last week I was talking about the Philistine, Goliath. And how Goliath knew that words matter. We are in a war of words. A war of words. Let me give you what's, let me help you see what's happening in the United States, for example. When I came to the U.S. at first, I heard nothing about gay movement. Nothing. Nobody was talking about it. It wasn't an issue. Nobody talked about it. Christians, they'll preach maybe now, here and there. And then all of a sudden, a movement started. Did you, have you heard the word homophobic? Yeah. And all of a sudden, even Christians are afraid to use, say anything now. If you say anything, they lash you, they, they label you. Nobody wants to be labeled. How did they come to where they are? Words. Words. How powerful words can be. Look at what's happening to the nation today. And we're sitting, you can't do anything about it. Even senators are accepting that this is what's going to happen. Have you heard that? What? Words. Just words. And the media helped them. Putting out words. Words. And even preachers are afraid to say anything. Because immediately they'll attack you. It was not like this when I came to this country. I can tell I came from a different country. I knew it wasn't like this. But things have changed. Are they fighting us in our own? No, words. Words on television. On print. What your friends say. Everybody Words are very... It's a war of words. 
When we preach the gospel, we don't go fighting them to get saved. We speak. When Jesus heals, he doesn't go, you know, touching the person. He speaks. He'll touch them, all right, but he'll speak. Words are very powerful. We are fighting a war of words. Faith words, faith-filled words never go fulfilled. On the converse, fear-filled words never go unfulfilled either. Job said, the things that I fear the most has happened to me. When you are afraid, please don't speak. It's the truth. I'm coming to it, but let me just put this out right now. According to Jesus, every time you open your mouth, you are on trial. Because by your words, you're justified. And by your words, you're condemned. Every, be careful what comes out of your mouth. You might go to prison. Every time you're speaking, you are standing on trial. The words of your mouth. You know, last week we talked about Goliath. He knew the power of words. And the vehicle that carry our words for fulfillment. And I talked to us about the fact that in Genesis, before God spoke, the instrument, the vehicle to carry his words to fulfillment was already working. And God trying to let us into the secret. And he said, the spirit of the Lord moved on the surface of the deep, waiting for the words to be spoken so that the words would be fulfilled. Words will, your words will be fulfilled. He said that God's going to fulfill those words. Or if God rejects it, guess who takes them on? They are going to be fulfilled. When you speak faith-filled words, God confirms them. When you speak fear-filled words, the devil will confirm them. They got to be fulfilled. God is the word. Hello? God is word. Before anything in the universe, God makes us know in the beginning, words, the word. Words matter. Watch what comes out of your mouth. You were created in his image. Speak right so you live long and live right. Goliath knew he could have taken uh, David, a little kid, but he cursed him in the name of his God. In other words, I'm going to have advantage over you because I have this vehicle that's going to fulfill my words. And after cursing him out with his, with his God, in the name of his God, then he started telling David, I'm going to give your flesh to the birds. And David said, well, you're speaking, but let me tell you what my God can do. <laughs> and they spoke. Instead of joining the battle, they were talking. We would like to fight immediately, right? But they were using words first before they joined the battle. They understood in their time. There are a lot of things that we don't understand today that they know. Many people don't understand when something is uh, bad and there's a sickness there that possibly behind it is a demon. We don't know that in our time. 
They knew in the time of Jesus. Woman, thou art loosed. You know that? Jesus knew with the demon. Today, they will send you to the doctor immediately. <laughs> and nothing wrong with going to the doctor. So important. But I found out, even in Genesis, they knew the power of words. You know, uh, the children of Israel had... And I mean, this is so important. Please listen. If this is all that I can share this morning, please get the picture of what's going on here. Because it will really help you and help me. In Genesis, I mean in Exodus, um, God brought the children of Israel out. And they were about three million people. And, and brought, according to this uh, King, uh, King uh, Balak, he said, they are licking up everything. And they are going to lick us up. He was very scared. So Balak decided, I've got a better strategy to take care of these people. There is a guy, a sorcerer or a prophet, named Balaam, the son of Pur. I'm going to call him, instead of fighting with them, I'm going to call him to speak words over them. A curse word over them. And peradventure, through his curse words, even though they are a multitude, I'll take care of them. Balak understood the power of words. He did. So he invited this guy to come and do this for him. In Numbers chapter 22, from five, verse 5 and 6, it says then, it says, Then he sent messengers to Balaam, the son of Boer, at Petor, which is near the river in the land of the sons of his people, to call him, saying, that's Balak's people. He called him, saying, Look, a people has come from Egypt. How many know he was talking about the Israelites? A people has come from, the, from, the, from Egypt. See, they cover the face of the earth. And are setting, and are set, uh, settling next to me. Therefore, please come at once. Cause these people for me. For they are too uh, mighty for me. In other words, they are too powerful for me. But if you use your words, I can defeat them. They are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land. For I know that he whom you bless is blessed. And he whom you curse is cursed. Now we're not talking about Abraham yet. This is Balaam. Balaam had understood the words, the power of words, and he was using it. And everybody around knew if Balaam said something to you, something was going to happen. And this king understood that bringing Balaam to help me curse them, even though they are mighty, I will be able to defeat them if, if he speaks words over them. The power of words. And I'm going to go into this story. Let me help you understand. Let, let's understand what's happening here. Balaam knew he has to have the vehicle behind his words for it to be successful. So he talked to God about it. God didn't explain to him. He said, don't go. Don't go. I don't want you to go curse the people. But Balaam, he loved money. And he wanted to go. And when the people came in with a better offer... 
<laughs> she went back to God and said, hey, uh, I want to know if you've changed your mind about this business. I really want to go. The prophet of God needs to be blessed. You know, these people, they are promising to bless me a lot. And God wasn't happy with him. And said, God said, okay, you can go. That's up to you. Go. You can go. And he, he said, said it on his journey. Purposely to curse the people. Now let me see, show you something. God didn't want him to do it. And I'm thinking, if you don't want him to do it, you're God. Let him go curse them. You already blessed them. Why tell him not to go? Because if he did, something's going to happen to them. Words. So God didn't like it. You know what God did? He said, I'll kill him before he say a word to this people, against these people. I'll make a donkey speak to him to stop this mad prophet from cursing my people. God went through a lot of trouble to prevent this man from saying anything against his people. And then he's God. If words don't matter, why was God going through so much trouble to stop this man from speaking a curse over his people? Why? He is God. All he could do is, I don't want to, you can say what you want, but I've already blessed them. Go whatever, do whatever you want. No, that, was not, that wasn't God's attitude. God was doing everything to stop this man from cursing or saying something over his people. Who is God stopping from saying things over your life? Who is doing that for you? Because words matter. Words really matter. God was trying to stop this fellow. And after the donkey, I mean, he, 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 he had beaten this donkey three times, and that angel had his sword drawn and cornered Balaam. And Balaam beat his, uh, his donkey this third time, and the donkey, God made the donkey to speak. And the donkey said, why are you beating me? I'm just trying to protect you. You know, this, this, there's an angel that Balaam couldn't see. And then after the donkey spoke, Balaam saw the angel with sword drawn. And the angel said, I'm telling you the truth. If not for your donkey that's been, you know, ducking and dodging, I would have taken your neck off all this time. Your head would have been gone. And so... Balaam understood this is serious business. All God was doing, stop him from saying anything against his people. Now, now I understand what he says in Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment... Did I tell you every time you speak you are on trial? Oh yes. Thou shalt condemn. So God doesn't want bad words said over your life. Can I hear an amen? God doesn't want evil things said over your life. Especially the redeemed. And God doesn't want you saying bad things over your own life. You might go to prison. Because you are on trial. So God, after he saw, those, he saw the angel, 
And the donkey has spoken. God knew he's, he's gotten his attention. And God said, the angel said, let me warn you now. You don't say anything but what I tell you to say. He said, yes, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> if you want to die, say something different. Yes, sir, yes. I'm going to say exactly what you tell me. I don't care how much they pay me because his life, his life was on the line. God got his attention so he would say exactly what God wanted him to say. Amen. So God was preventing him from saying a word. Now, in Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, and I'm going to go into this scripture. This is very important, especially for those of you watching over television. This is so important. In Numbers chapter 23, from verse 19, many of us know the scripture. God says, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man, nor the son of man that he should repent. If he has said, he would do it. If he has spoken, he will make it good. But then in verse 23, this is what God said. For there is no sorcery against Jacob. You know, there are people in the world, they are always afraid of uh, witches and witchcraft and wizards and all of that. There are Christians who are so scared of those things. They worry about who their enemies are and who is attacking them. God is saying through Balaam, there is no sorcery against Jacob. Jacob, that means you. In other words, the word sorcery actually means no wishery, wizardry, witchcraft, or bewitchment. None of those things can affect your life. There is nothing like that for the Christian. I don't have to pray about those things. All I do is to declare who God is to me. Amen. Declare who God is to me. Balaam, uh, God told Balaam, this is what you must say over my people. Amen. And as he says it, then the people are delivered. Okay. And he's telling them, you can't curse my people. There is no sorcery against Jacob. Try hard. It won't work. But somebody has to say it. And God used Balaam to say it over his people. Where is my Balaam? I have my tongue. I'll say it. Amen. There is no sorcery, no witchcraft, no wizardry. There's nothing they can do to a child of God who knows the power of words. He said, no, any divination, that's prophecy, forecast, or foretelling. Nothing like that. Against my people. No doctor has the right to tell me, uh, you got this disease and you only have four months. Who are you? You don't have the right to forecast how long I'm going to live. This book tells me how long. And that silly cancer cannot tell me how long. Cancer is not bigger than my God. So I could tell the, the doctor, that's okay. Uh, next year, did you say three months? Yeah, next year this time I'm coming to shake your hands. And I'll buy you some presents. Yes. 
You don't have the right, no man, no forecast, no prophecy against the child of God. When you know the power of words, I don't care what they say. If God doesn't exist, then let me die. But as long as there is a God, there is nothing, no prophecy, no forecast against my life and against your life. Nobody has that authority to do that. We don't know what God's put in us. And the power that we have in Him, in His name. That's why Jesus said, if you say to this mountain, be thou removed... And you got no doubt in your heart. It will be done. Nobody can curse me. There's no witch powerful enough. I remember as a few years old as a Christian, my mother was troubled because everybody was saying, he's lost his mind, he's insane. This Christianity thing, he's been reading his Bible too much, he's gotten into his brain. That's the way they believed when I was growing up. And they were going to take me to this voodoo doctor's place to take care of me. I was so happy to go to a voodoo doctor. I was going to show him the true gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and cast out the demons from his head. No kidding. I wasn't scared of him. I knew I had more power. I was just a few days old as a Christian. I could care less. And I was in his presence. The one that was highly recommended all over the land. They highly recommended him to my mother. When it was over, my mother was laughing at the voodoo doctor because he was so scared of me. He says, take that boy from my compound. I'm scared. Get him out of here as fast as you can. Yes, the money you paid me to take care of him, please. Uh, you all can get out of here. I rejoiced. No weapon formed against you will prosper. No matter what they say against your life, there is no divination. I don't need, you know, people don't understand the meaning of the word prophecy. People think, okay, uh, Pastor Wendy has prophesied over me that I'm going to be whatever he prophesied. <laughs> and they think, okay, well, it's not happening, so Pastor Wendy must not be telling the truth. I wonder what he's hearing from God. You don't understand what prophecy is all about in the New Testament. Let me share with you what prophecy is about. So you know what prophecy is about. When you have a word of prophecy over your life, and somebody speaks a word, you got to wait for the beckoning call. And then you need to do something. This is what he says. Jesus speaking to us. I believe First uh, Timothy chapter 1 verse 18. It says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you. What was Paul telling him to do with the prophecies? That by them, by those prophecies, you may wage a good warfare. You use the prophecy to wage a good warfare. You know why it's a good warfare? Because you win every time. And there are, you can't find any greater prophecy than what is written in this book. So you can make your warfare. So when you hear me say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, I'm not bragging to you. I am making my warfare so that I won't be in want. Amen. 
I use the prophecy from this book to protect my life and your life. By those, these prophecies have gone ahead of you. We are seated with Him in heavenly places. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Right now, where you're sitting, you are right now sitting with God in heavenly places. Jesus spoke to Nicodemus. He said, no man has ascended into heaven. John chapter 3. He says, no man has ascended into heaven. But the Son who is in heaven. The Son who is in heaven. I thought the Son is on. Jesus was speaking right here on the earth. But he was declaring, he's still up there with the Father. You can read it. You may not understand it. I don't care to understand it. I'm up there seated with him in heavenly places in position of power. Amen. Let the little demons be running to and fro and playing. It says the Lord up there will laugh at them. There's no reason to be afraid of anything. Because God is on your side. You have been given a mouth to wage warfare and free yourself from any bondage that's against your life. That's what Jesus gave to us. In Luke 21 verse 15, Jesus made it very clear to us there. He says, For I will give you, that's after your born again experience, I will give you a mouth and wisdom. I mean, you need wisdom. Jesus is not saying, please beg for me to give to you. He says, I'm going to give it to you. I will give you a mouth. Were you not born with a mouth? Why would Jesus give you a mouth then? He wants you to use the mouth. I will give you a mouth and wisdom. He says, which all your adversary, it doesn't matter who, man, devil, doesn't matter who they are. If they make themselves your enemy, you need your mouth. Amen? You need your mouth. And you need wisdom. He says, which mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. They cannot resist it. What's coming out of your mouth? It's a war of words. I don't care how big the devil is. And remember, you know, this uh, lady I was helping with, some of us saw her on Wednesday night that she testified here. And she called me after giving her instruction because there was a demon that was harassing her. Going after here in Houston, going from she was almost hiding because he says he's followed me. He follows me, and uh, I told her this is the way to handle him, and uh, she did do what I asked her to do, and then I was on my way to Oklahoma, and she called me on the phone, and she says uh, now it's gotten really worse, and she said uh, after I did what you asked me to do, he relented a little bit. And now he's back and he's brought a bigger demon, much taller and bigger than himself. And both of them, they've come to, they're standing in my room. So I told her, I said, what you should have told him, he says, is that all you got? This is the best one that you have to help you, this demon, this one that you called, uh, uh, that's your, the best help. Uh, this one is too small. If you want to come back, Get some demon that is much larger than the one that you just came up with now. And, and uh, she started laughing. 
I told her, that's what you need to do. Tell him I'm not afraid of you. Because the demon thought, if I bring this bigger demon, she's going to be scared. And when you fear, you speak words of fear. And guess who confirmed the words of fear? The enemy confirms it. So I told her, tell that devil, is that all you got? This is your best? Get the bigger one. And so we'll deal with that. And she laughed. Guess what? She did that and he never showed up again. We have the power in his name. There's no need for us to be afraid of anything. If we know what we have been given. Jesus said this, and I'm going to close with this because of time. Jesus said this, he said, Many prophets of old and many righteous men, they wanted and looked forward to see what you're seeing today and to hear the things that you're hearing now. He says, but they couldn't. In other words, we are so blessed to have this understanding today to be able to fight against the enemy. You have no reason to be afraid of anything. What you need to do is speak against whatever. You are on trial every time you speak. Every time you speak, your words will condemn you or justify you. And let me let you know, when God says every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you must condemn. Every time people have assessed your situation, and based on their own understanding, they begin to say things over your life, guess what they are doing? They are witnesses against your life. And in the court of law, if a witness is witnessing against your life, and you are sitting there saying nothing, you're going to go to jail. You have to defend yourself. You can't sit there and say nothing. Even if you don't hear what they're saying, declare what God says because your circumstance has been speaking to you and telling you you are not going to make it. There's nothing good about you. You're not pretty. Something is wrong with you. All of those words clouding you and then you are putting your head down. You are not speaking back to those witnesses that are witnessing against your life. You got to speak back. I am a princess. I am seated with Christ in heavenly places. I am one of the kings that Jesus... I am a priest. I am with God. No weapon formed against me will prosper. I can never know want. Because Jesus is... You begin to speak and fight against those things. Speaking against your life. And God will confirm it. If you are husband and wife, two of you do it. For his two shall agree concerning anything. The father will do it. There is no need for any of you to hang your head down if you know Jesus. Those things that are going bad south in your life, today I declare they are turning, hallelujah, they are turning back and looking up. Amen. Look up. Your redemption is near. Look up. You don't have to hang your head down anymore because God is on your side. And the Bible says, if God be for me, who can be against me? You see, you guys know those scriptures. I want you to use them. 
Does your sword cut the enemy in pieces? I mean, do it. Use the tongue, the words that Jesus has given to you. No one can defeat you. I give unto you power to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all some, no, all the power of the enemy, power of want, power of sickness, power against your family, against your children, people saying things, don't bother about them. You declare what you, let them keep talking. But you know what you are saying about yourself and God's confirming what you're saying. It don't matter. Don't repeat what they're saying. Don't be scared about what they're saying. You know who you are. Speak what God's giving you. Speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. And God will lift you up. And he prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemy. All they can do is watch you enjoy yourself. Why they can only stare. They can't do a thing. Amen. Amen. That's the truth. They can't do a thing. Don't say those things. Don't eat with pigs. <laughs> yeah. Don't eat with swine. Raise yourself up. I am a child of God. You know what that means? Go out and tell your friend that you are. And words and say, you? <laughs> you. Do you really mean that you are? All of us are children of God. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm telling you, I am a child of God. And they'll start paying attention. He said, that she's lost her mind or something's wrong. But when they see the power, because God will start showing them. Then they come to you and say, can you pray for me? I'm having this problem. That's when you know God's confirming it. Amen. Man, that, that's happened to all of us. I got to cut it out. Amen. It's a time to rejoice. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Why don't you say that when you're feeling down? This is the day that the Lord has made. This is my day. God made it for me. Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man. Not man for the Sabbath. It's my day. God made it for me. Who are you? You can't take it from me. That's the truth. That's the truth. And nothing can prevail over the truth. You know the truth. And the truth. The truth will make you free. Amen? Bow your heads with me today. You really can inherit part of this until you begin to commit everything. Sometimes we hesitate, hesitate to give everything to the Lord our God. What we want to do is let Him have every part of us. If you are afraid in you, thinking, if I give all my life, if I give everything to God, what if he sends me? If he sends you, that's why he created you. It will be the best for you if you listen. But God will not tell you to do anything that you don't want to do. He'll give you what's already there in your heart because he made you. And direct you to where you should go so that you can prosper in life. Amen? That's what God, he wants to see his children doing well. Every one of them. Every head bowed this morning. Who among us here, all eyes closed, please be reverent before our God.
You're saying today, I want to give everything to God. I don't understand it, but I'm going to give my life to, to, um, to my God. And let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. Amen. At the count of three, if that's you, just lift your hand up. One, two, three. Put your hand up, please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, I want to thank you. Every one of you, thank you. I see those hands. Say this words, prayer with me to our God. And he's here today. And he's listening. And he'll hear you if you speak from your heart. Even if you didn't lift your hand, but you really need God inside, talk to him from your heart. He'll listen to you. And today will be a day of change. A day of new beginnings. He makes everything new. Jesus said, I make all things new. And he's going to do that to you, for you today. Say with me, everybody, in Jesus' name, say with me. Heavenly Father, thank you. Today, I commit my life totally to you. Take all of me. Use my life for your glory. Thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer today and you meant it, God will begin to speak to you. He won't speak to you in a bass voice. He'll speak to you in your voice. But he's him speaking. And from this very day, until you depart this earth, you can never be alone again. He will always be there with you, no matter where you go, until you see him face to face. Your name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. And he loves you dearly. Amen. My wife talked to you about the card. Connection card. Please look at the part of it where it says my decision. And let me know what you did today. If you have prayer requests, put that down. And we'll be praying for you. Amen. We're going to give an uh, offering to our God. I came ready. So, uh, ushers, please help me. While they are giving the envelope, what do you want God to do for you? Speak those things. Amen? And declare in His name. The Bible says, declare a thing and it shall be established. In other words, speak it out with your words. Make sure you hear yourself. Whatever your heart desires, that's what you're saying. This is what I want. This is what I want. Your words never vacate the universe. Once you speak it, Sound waves, they stay around, waiting for fulfillment. So we give to our God because we love Him. If you are a visitor, unless God's put in your heart, you don't have to give. But we're asking our people to give. And please don't forget the TV ministry. I will have to put that in front of you because I believe it's important. God's in it. I will be giving myself to it because I know God's in it. I want uh, our, the, our church to be blessed. Pastor Roy said something that was important. He said, you know, Pastor, as we keep doing this, God will be blessing the work here in the United States because we are not gaining much from what we're doing out there except to reach out to souls. So don't forget that we have a TV ministry now in our church. And also need you, if you have testimony, uh, Brother Derek, uh, if you have a testimony, 
you want me to broadcast into Africa? <laughs> Talk to Pastor Aaron, and he'll put it on. And uh, you can do that too. <laughs> and uh, any one of us, please, it's not going to be just me. It's our ministry, amen? I talked to Michael and I rebuked him until he did it. <laughs> Michael, have you gone to Aaron? He says, I'm planning. Michael. And then I did it. Then he, okay, okay. He went and did it. So I need everyone to do it. Amen. Please raise your offering up. And Wayne, you got to do it too, okay? Yes. I know you're a good teacher, but we need you to teach on Talibnik. <laughs> Lift your offering up and let's thank God. Father, we're so joyful that we have a God who cares. And you're reaching out to souls and setting us free. You have delivered us from the power of darkness. And you translated us into the kingdom of our God. We cannot be touched. And with this, we bless your name. And we bless your work. With this little, you've given so much to us. It's a privilege to give back to you. Receive from us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please.